What's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Pace, Coach Murph, Coach Natty T, and the real Coach K. Good to have you back, Coach K. What's good with you, man? What's up, man? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So we in the building here. We got a big game we have to talk about. We haven't got a chance to talk mm. about it yet. We're going to do that. Uh, we're going to close the loop on this coaching carousels. We saw some new moves there uh, right before Super Bowl Sunday in the NFL as far as head coaches are concerned. And then we'll jump into some All-Star Weekend and the many, many things of NBA drama stories. Focus a little bit on James Harden. We'll start it off there. So, But Coach Natty T, bringing back his 90 and 90 segment. Uh, so what you got for us this week? Yeah, so jumping right in, uh, Champions League is back this week, which I was very excited about. So it's the round of 16. Uh, so essentially... It, 16 teams, they do a lottery to see who plays each other. Each team plays each other on their home field, and whoever has the most goals on aggregate moves on to the next round. So, um, of course, I'm a PSG fan. They drew with Real Madrid, which is two powerhouse clubs, which is worthy of being, like, you know, a championship round type of matchup. Um, PSG won, one zero. Uh, Killian Mbappe scored a nasty goal in the last, pretty much it was the last kick of the game. Um, but for our listeners, especially if you were listening in the past a few months ago, you heard my, my epic rant on PSG, why they pissed me off. This was the first game that I saw that I was actually uh, impressed by them. And actually, this is the best game I've seen them play. Um, I didn't see any pouting or people throwing their hands up. Um, the work rate was good. Everybody was playing as a team. When people committed a turnover on offense, I didn't see them hang their head or put their hands on their hip and none of that nonsense. Everybody actually put in work this game. Uh, so I'm hoping it will continue. So we'll see. Um, but I just have to give a shout out to my squad. So that's the first time I can actually be positive about my favorite soccer team in the world. So that's all I got. See, you know, that's what happens when you listen to the coaches box. You know what I'm saying? You listen to the coaches box, you get better. You know what I'm saying? So somebody in PSG, PSG was tuning in. They were tuning in. And hopefully that, that this is a consistent theme for PSG moving forward. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Because again, like, because for me, it's because they've only lost two games all season. So it's not necessarily about the results, but it's just like those little things, just as an ex-player myself, those little things piss me off. Like, don't don't over dribble and then get mad at everybody else. Like, no, you over dribble. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get mad if you don't get the ball where you want it. You're just going to pout and put your hands on your hip and put, throw your hands up and do all that nonsense. Like, just keep running and go on to the next one. Like that's just, that's just how the game is played. That's how sports are played period. You don't see that. You see the same things in basketball or football. So you don't want to see that just that animated immature nature, especially from your star players. So I was very, I was very happy because I didn't see any of that this game. So I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So hopefully they can, keep that momentum going. The next game against Real Madrid is in March. So we'll see if they can keep up that momentum. But, but again, I was very, very happy. So it was good. It was good to see. 
That's what's up. That's what's up. So you were very happy as a fan of PSG. And I think we have another fan that was pretty happy as the outcome of his team jumping into the Super Bowl reactions. Coach Pace, go ahead. Talk to us. What are you thinking about your Rams, man? Listen, we needed – we did what we needed to do at the end of the day, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a double-digit win like I wanted, mostly because Odell got hurt. I ain't going to lie to you. I was depressed when he got hurt. I really was. I took mm-hmm. my jersey off and hold. I was so depressed. But it's cool because we had the best player in the world um, on our hands as well. So it was all good, you know. Um. Just a real quick analysis. I told y'all last week, you can always rely on this man, Eli Apple. You can always rely on Eli Apple. I told everybody, Eli will get exposed. And both of Cooper Cup's touchdowns were on Eli Apple. I just want you guys to know, I told everybody, go back and watch the episode. I told everybody. I promise you I did. And then with the refing, because that's all I've been hearing about all week. Um the refing was inconsistent on both way on both ends. I wasn't really mad at the calls, of course, because we came out on top. But like throughout the whole game, they were inconsistent about calls. They were calling stuff that didn't need to be called. Um, they were not calling stuff that really was obvious. So it was like, I mean, at the end of the game, we all got what we wanted to see: Joe Burrow and those receivers against Aaron Donald and the DBs, and that's what we wanted to see. But my goat is better than whoever that guy is, you know, that played for Ohio State. So, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Y'all lucky I ain't got my Super Bowl cap because I did have it on today. I just – it's in my car, and I feel like getting it. <laughs> you got a real fan? I, I, I carry my Philly jacket everywhere. I, was, <laughs> I probably showered with it on low-key. literally – this week, I have not worn anything but Ram stuff to work. They probably hate they hate me right now. But guess what? They're only hate they're only hating because they're losers. Losers hate. Winners have nothing to hate on. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it but is. I guess I'll follow up because I was the only person that picked the Bengals to win. It was a, a great game, a great halftime show. Uh, even though 50 didn't look like he was about to pass out from being upside down so long. But it was uh, – <laughs> I was one of those people that was, like, you know, talking about the cause. Because, I mean, there was a really – I mean, there was really no cause throughout the game until that last stretch. And then I didn't see the, um, you know, the blatant P.I. on the Bengals to um, uh, Henderson – coming out the backfield uh but when i saw that it just pretty much omitted that uh bad call on pi on cooper cup but i mean at the end of the day the better team won um i was pretty much correct in my analysis of saying that i mean i saw it being a close game because the rams always start off slow um it was a bad day for both dbs eli apple and jalen ramsey um to be the best corner, to be labeled the best corner in the league, and you show like that in prime time is is horrible. But they they got the win. Um, I really got no complaints. I'm just glad it was a great game. Um, and then even I mean, to coaches Natty's T point, he said you know throughout the the playoffs, none of them really played a complete game. You could say the same thing here, but 
the, the better team won. They have more weapons. They uh, call smarter plays. And uh, But, I mean, a hell of a season for the Bengals. They, they have no reason to hold their head down. Um, but congrats to, to Aaron Donald. He definitely deserved that. And, and Matthew Stafford for getting out of Detroit and making it happen in the one season with the pressure all over his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Coach Natty T, what are your takeaways? Uh, I mean, nothing really to have with Coach Chase and Coach Murph. Um, I'll just talk about our friend Jalen Ramsey. My God. <laughs> He needs to pay for Aaron Donald's dinner, lunch, everything for the rest of his life. Cause <laughs> my God, <laughs> Whew. that because my uh, you know prediction going, I picked the Rams, but you know my big thing was Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller will you know carry them home. But you know, two out of the three did. But my God, I did not anticipate. Uh, that performance now the you know the face mask pi that should have been called like okay I'll, I'll give him a pass on that but my man was guessing all game it was just not it's just not a good look uh so hopefully he can kind of redeem himself next season but you know credit to the rams uh you know i <laughs> during our 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 group chat coach jp3 i i lost faith because once obj went down and then you know, I saw Matt Stafford get a little kind of skittish a little bit, second quarter, third quarter, and then Jalen Ramsey just kept messing up. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. There you go, Joe Burrow. He about to just take this. I think you so, put, like, congratulations, Cincinnati Bings. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is not – and then I saw that kind of like that blank look on Sean McVay's face. I was like, oh, God, here he go. He going to start doing some crazy calls, but – to their credit, they, they kept their composure. Um, I think, you know, obviously the defense kept them in because um, I saw a crazy stat because I know Joe Burrow got sacked once in the first half, but he had seven sacks in the second half on 22 dropbacks. That is insane. Yeah. Like 33% of your dropbacks in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to me, like that's, you know, obviously what kept the Rams in the game and gave them the opportunity to have that drive. The, the Cooper Cup drive, if you will, um, you know, phenomenal plays by him. And I think my last thought is with Cooper Cup, I, that run was very impressive because it may look kind of routine, but, you know, for him to make the right decision to cut upward, because, you know, you could he could have cut sooner and would have got stopped or he could have went outside and would have got stopped, but he made the right cut at the time when he was supposed to. And then, you know, I thought that was impressive for him for someone that, you know, they normally don't run those plays for him, especially on the fourth and one in the Super Bowl where, you know, you need to keep the drive alive or the game's over. So, that, that, wow, that was that was pretty impressive. So, you know, credit to the Rams. Um, you know, we'll see how things look next season. It's looking good for them next season because the NFC, good Lord, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they look like they got a pretty good path. Back to at least back to the Super Bowl, so we'll see. Well, I think also they they have to handle their contract situation because you know a lot of people need to get paid. But there was a report that came out. They're they're trying to basically mimic the the Bucks blueprint, but you know one in the same injuries are are is everybody going to buy in? Uh, so it'll be interesting. Well, I think well before you go, Coach Coach K, I think 
the interesting thing about the Rams and the culture that they've built is they'll, they'll let people go and just yeah. reload and revamp. So they've already established that. I mean, listen, obviously I didn't think Jared Goff was that good, but listen, I mean, they really didn't have to get rid of him, but they were like, yeah, sorry, you're gone. It need to be better. Yeah. So, you know, they may not have as much issues with kind of that, you know, tug of keeping everybody together just to keep it status quo. Like they're, they're about winning because they're in LA and you have to win because <laughs> if they don't make a playoff next year, they'll have trouble with people coming to, to the games because it's LA and, you know, there's just lots of things to do. So it'll be interesting because even with that, with the people that they happen to let go, they'll still be tight on money. So who's willing to come into come from free agency on a smaller deal that's going to be as effective. Also, they don't have it. Like, I think this year they don't have a pick until like the third, fourth round. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it'd be interesting, but I mean, you did, thankfully you did what you did with giving up what you did. So, you know, it, yeah. I'm looking at that. I, I still think they do have really good odds. Cause I mean, their core piece is going to be there. You need Aaron Donald there. Jalen Ramsey need to take a pay cut <laughs> and, yep. and, um, and then you just go from there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Coach K, I know we had a chance to to watch the game together. What were your takeaways? Uh, my takeaways, uh, Jalen, a.k.a. Jake Ramsey from State Farm, uh, <laughs> is not the best corner at all. Uh, he he couldn't do nothing with Jamar Chase, man. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, trying to – oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, play – like, for me um, – like the the call for uh the first the first time when when they went uh Cincinnati fourth and one went for it on the fifty yard line in the first quarter like let's not do that like so early in the game because they missed it and that pretty much set the Rams up for a touchdown. Um, I was hurt. I was cut deep when I when I saw uh, Odell go down. Um, so ultimately, I was glad to see uh, the Rams win it if not for him, because, I mean, he might not even get a chance. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the offseason with him because he got, you know, second ACL tear or, or you know, whatever. Um, aside from that, Jalen Ramsey, I'm not impressed. I can't I can't say that enough. Um, Cooper Cup had an amazing game, uh, well, an amazing season, like, but he can't throw a pass to save his life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like five feet over yeah. <laughs> Everybody gonna be Philadelphia, man. They trying yeah. to be special. Yeah. special don't sound yeah. right. Yeah, um, you know, uh, kudos to, um, I mean, kudos to Stafford. Um, I just, I think he's just. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him actually get the, uh, the shine that he deserves after being a part of a hor- horrendous uh, franchise for the past, you know, uh, twelve or twelve or so seasons. Um, I, I thought, I mean, a halftime performance was probably my, my favorite halftime show of all time. I think it was great. Um, you know, it was cool seeing 50 Cent, even though, you know, whatever. Um, I know, but he did look like he was a part of a Sean T workout video. Um, <laughs> um, aside from that, uh, I mean, people can say what they want about the play calling, but I mean, I'm not the play calling, but like how the rest was calling the game. I think it all evened out. In the end. I'm not really too concerned about that. It's just a bunch of Cincinnati fans that's, you know, hurt. But, and, you know, people try to compensate for, for the hurt they feel. So 
you know, that's that. Um, aside from that, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking to sign in the offseason with another team because I've dropped Dallas. That's all. <laughs> they dropped Dallas. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, because, Not because a Dallas I got a quick – I just got a quick one before we move on. Don't do but this. But were y'all seeing the the Don't tweets about Eli Apple after the game? Somebody was like so, – hey, somebody was in there out there. I forgot who said it, but they're just like, man, it smelled like apple pie in there. <laughs> it was getting cooked. I was yeah. – had me Somebody wait. took his profile picture and put burnt <laughs> toast in there. <laughs> I was part so of it. You, I, I know Coach like, Pace was on it. I knew it. I knew it. Man, there was one that was like, uh, people haven't been this mad at a at an apple since like the Garden of Eden. Or Garden of like Eden. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> Coach Pace, weren't you? Didn't you hit the group chat and say, or was it you that was saying that? Um, there's like, how is uh, Eli Apple going to get get done up like this on Black History Month? <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, Cooper Cut was killing him. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Man. I just want y'all to know this is my screensaver right now. <laughs> I know. My screensaver. Yo. Man. Oh my God. I, yeah. so, hey man, when you put that energy out there on Twitter and you have a performance like that, you know, it, that, that's how it go. That's how it goes. Yeah. But man, it was it was kind of random though. There's a bunch of random stuff happening too, like Adrian Peterson getting arrested. The 49ers got like cyber hack. Yeah, it was a strange all kinds of stuff. It was a strange. Was. Yeah. yeah. So before we move, on, I my two cents. I, I agree um, with your reaction. I'll say that no look pass by Matthew Stafford. Nasty. That was mm. nasty, man. That man. Clutch, that that takes you know that takes some big gahonas, man. It, man, you couldn't have thrown a better pass. Um, yeah, I, I the guessing by Ramsey was definitely definitely off. I mean, even on the last drive, like Chase was able to get get a nice game because it's like, why are you jumping this rat? Like, don't just keep everybody in front of you. Like every defensive coach is going to tell you they need to march down the field, no big plays, keep them in front of you. What does he do? He jumps or <laughs> jumps around. Like, come on, man. And Aaron Donald, that tackle where he stopped Samaji P. Ryan, one of the mm-hmm. best. Tax stops I've ever seen. This dude is fighting off the lineman, grabs him with one hand and pulls him back so he can't get the first down, bro. I, I, he's about he's about two fifty. Two fifty. He's about two fifty. And plus the IQ in that to just stiff up the man and just come like man. And man. I, it's the I Bengals O line fault. It's the Bengals O line fault. They lost. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That I mean stuff that's sideline and woke him up. And it was downhill from there. I, yeah. I blame I blame the coach. He he, yeah. they, he pretty much blamed, pulled a, a Sean McVay because they got away from the run when Mixon was cooking. He, yeah. he should have more touches. Yep. They literally took the ball sure out did. of his hands. Like, bro, like good. Yep. Yeah. You need another Sean McVay. <laughs> you know, the thing is too, is uh actually I forgot somebody said this to me, but if if uh um if Burrow would have had just like one more second, Jamay Char- uh, Jam- uh, Chase actually had Jalen Ramsey burn. Yeah. Like Ramsey was laying down on the ground, bro. Man. Like it would have been over. It was, yeah. So, yeah. So, if anything, uh, he, I don't know, he owes Aaron Donald like part of his paycheck. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, and I, 
Yeah, definitely that. And o- Odell showed his worth. I know that's not the way yeah. he wanted to show it, but he was able to get his TV early. So happy for him. You know, he was crying and everything like that. I think it was an emotional moment for a lot of people because you saw that how happy he was. But also before they won, like how much he wanted to be out there. Uh, but we saw how much the Rams offense struggled into that last drive. They weren't really able to put anything together without Odell. So if he is able to play, which I hope he is, um, he definitely showed his worth uh, moving forward in his career. So kudos, you know, big ups to him. Baker Mayfield sucks. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know we're supposed to go into the next topic. Yeah. That was the pettiest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if you all saw what Baker Mayfield put up there, like calling out Odell Beckham. And basically it was saying that, Oh yeah, you know, everybody thinks, you know, this was our, you know, being we were cool and everything like that. Congratulations to him, but he never put this much effort into football when he was my receiver. Literally, literally, that's what he said on social media. On social media. On Instagram, on a story. On an Instagram story. And that's why he's gonna be out the league next year. Man. That's simple reason right there. I was like so heated at that because I, I just thought that was so unnecessary. Like you look stupid. You look childish right now. Um, Man, anyways. Can, can we talk about something else more positive? Because don't don't only want to hear about Mayfield on this show. On this show. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be more positive, but we do we want to close the loop on this <laughs> coaching carousel. Oh, we saw cool. some some hires there right there at the eleventh hour um before the season closed. Uh Coach Natty T, if you want to give us a little little background on your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, um, basically that lawsuit, Ryan Flores' lawsuit, is just not going to go anywhere. Um, talked about it a little off-air last week. I did some more digging on my end to kind of figure out, specifically with these younger coaches, just all of a sudden, like, why they were getting hired. And long story short, um, you know, John Gruden, who's infamously known for having the, the QB camp when he was doing uh, Monday Night Football, what a lot of people don't know is he actually had like a, a coaching camp as well, uh, kind of similar where he would bring these guys in and just kind of, you know, show them the ropes and philosophy and certain things like that. So um, what's interesting is pretty much all these younger coaches that we see or that we've seen, you know, getting hired um you know over the past three four years so you know your Kyle Shanahan's your Sean McVay's Matt LaFleur uh Kevin Stefanski Cliff Kingsbury Zach Taylor Brandon Staley Mike McDaniel who just got hired at Miami they all went to this sort of coaching boot camp with John Gruden and then the other kind of sticking point is John Gruden and Mike Shanahan were part of the competition committee that meets with the owners every two years. So that's how they kind of pumped up their little coaching camp. So that's where all these young coaches started to come from. So is it racist? I mean, it's tough to prove. Did they have their little fanboy club, their little, you know, exclusive club? Yeah. And the thing is, the NFL is a copycat league. And once you hire one young coach and he's somewhat successful, a lot of these other owners are like, yeah, let's just get one of those guys. 
that's how it works. And to their credit, for the most part, I mean, look, we just had Sean McVay and Zach Taylor coaching in the Super Bowl. I mean, Zach Taylor was part of Sean McVay's coaching tree, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sean McVay just won the Super Bowl. So is it working? Yeah. I mean, the, the results are, are, are showing proof. They're working. So, you know, I think for from a kind of wrapping up the whole, you know, diversity and seeing more diverse coaches and things like that, um, you know, for especially for black coaches. I mean, listen, man, if you have the opportunity to get into, you know, a job that has, you know, a decent quarterback, a decent structure, you got to strike and you got to strike hard, meaning, you know, get to a Super Bowl get to a championship game, something like that. Cause you know, that to me, that's what kind of hopefully would change the tide. Cause again, these owners are copycat owners and they're just going to try to copy what other teams do and what, what was successful for them. So, you know, that's kind of my thoughts wrapping up on this whole thing. Again, Brian Flores, you know, valid effort, but sorry, bro. They ain't going nowhere. You don't have the receipts. Reversion season, they're like, oh, okay, he's gonna call us out for racism. Okay, well, we'll make sure these these next few hires, you know, kind of cover that. Yeah, you know, so and that's my because that's that's why I kind of did more did some more dating because even if he wanted to go there, because that you know it's kind of like because it's John Gruden, then you have the whole email attachment to John Gruden that you can sort of place with that, like, hey, like this guy is a little shaky, he has a shaky background, like you can attach that to it, but no, he didn't bring that up. And he knows about it because all the NFL people know about it, but he didn't want to bring that up. So, yeah, it's kind of, I hate to say my last point, I kind of hate to say this, but it's kind of similar to Scott Pippen. Because you remember when he called Phil Jackson racist, mm -hmm. but then tried to give the example of him being racist because he let Tony Kukoc take the last shot, but when you clearly refuse to go in the game. Yes. It's yeah. like, if you're going to call a man racist, Give a better example. Right. <laughs> I mean, he had like, there was other stuff that that he could have selected. Right. Like, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of other examples you could have used. There's plenty of other you know receipts that you could have brought out. But he brought out like he's trying to get a return from Target, but he gonna bring a receipt from like Walmart, Myers, or Walmart or something. <laughs> it's like, bro, that's not the same store, man. <laughs> So that's kind of my thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, these were very reactionary and strategic hires by the NFL. You know, no one really knew who Mike McDaniel was. People had to look him up. Even people that eat, sleep, and breathe football still had to look him up because they didn't know who he was. Uh, you know, the thing is that I'm concerned about is all three of these coaches that we have in the league now, none of them have quarterbacks. None of them. Two is not the answer in Miami, so I don't want to hear about that. You know, that's that's been decided. The you know Ben Roethlisberger retires now. Mike Tomlin's job is not really in jeopardy right now. I think he's more of a made man. He works for a, a franchise that you know is a little bit more inclusive in what they do and kind of stuff. But but uh, and then poor Lovey Smith, like he was able to take Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, and that was a miracle in itself. But that's because he had a, a solid defense to be able to work with to kind of cover those holes. I'm, and the Texans don't have near the pieces that they need to be able to cover anything. So I, 
I just don't know how successful these coaches are going to be. And that's going to give people more of a reason to not hire them and keep going for the young white, probably like college type coaches too. Like they're in that mix too. the young, you know, young white offensive coordinators, they're going to get hired as head coaches and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, they have been very successful, not a knock on them, but I think our, our, um, kind of leash is shorter, so to speak. Our leash is shorter when it comes to, we have less opportunities. And then if we mess up with those less opportunities, it takes us a while to get more opportunities when people have more space to make mistakes, right? And that's where the privilege comes in. It's just that, it's not that people don't deserve what they have, it's just that um, we pay a little bit more penalty for the mistakes that happen um, with people that look like us, so. That's all I got to say. Anyone else want to chime in on the coaching carousel? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much said it all. I mean, th this is the norm. It's like, um, oh, they're cashing on that, you know, we don't really want any minority or black head coaches. Let's hire these randoms in poor, uh, you know, poor positions, like, you know, i.e. no quarterback. Um, and then we'll just judge them based off of that. Like, now this team needs to be rebuilt through years, not two seasons three seasons and then next thing you know they're out the job and then they bring in another white guy until you know further notice um but one thing that i'm hoping for is um you know the broncos are up for sale and uh roger goodell is is reportedly leaning on robert f smith who uh the wealthiest black person in the u.s to put a bid in another uh, potential a bidder is Brian Allen, who's also Black. So in my mind, this will be Brian Flores's way back into the league. I feel as though if, you know, just assuming that if a Black owner takes over the Broncos, that they will use that as the stamp to kind of build something with, you know, a minority team in the front offices and coaches and stuff like that. And if that happened, the Broncos is going to win a, a Super Bowl in like five seasons within that. Cause I feel like that's going to be players are just going to want to go there because they can make history and be like, Hey, this is the first black owner to, you know, win a Super Bowl. Um, and then he did it in this short of a time span. I feel like that's just going to be a place where people want to, uh, players will want to go in free agency just to make history just because they've made so many other people you know so much money so let's let's do it for ourselves yeah that's definitely a possibility okay. anybody else okay i did find the story that baker mayfield put up so i want to read it verbatim so people don't think i'm making this up some people will rather cut corners than put the work in the 10 guys i break the huddle with have my full support and I work every day to gain theirs. Happy for the guy to have his moment, but he never gave 100% effort like that here. End quote, Baker Mayfield. Trash. Trash. <laughs> so, I mean, good luck, bro, in the AFC. Good luck. Good luck with that. Trying to get the Browns back. But, yeah, so um, that's that. Uh, he'll be up in Canada soon enough. He'll be up in Canada. Well, fellas, you want to jump into some All-Star Weekend? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, 
Uh, we're going to take this competition by competition. We're not going to do all of them, but we're going to start with the Saturday night festivities. And so I'm just going to list who all is in the competition. So everyone know, everyone that's listening knows, and then we're going to pick who we think is going to win. So the way that they're doing the skills challenge is a little bit different. So they're going to have actually uh, three teams of people. So you have Team Rooks, that's Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. Team Cavs, since they're in Cleveland, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And then Team Antetokounmpo's. So you have Giannis, Alex, and the uh, Nasus. I hope I said that right. Yeah, so that is who's going to be competing. And so if you look at those three teams, who do you think is going to take the competition? Rooks. I'm taking the Rooks. Okay, we got one for the Rooks. Anybody else? I'll go with Cleveland. That's me just shooting, shooting, shotgunning it. Coach Pace, what do you think? Um, I was thinking Cavs, but now that I look at it, it says skill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the Rooks. Like, I just can't see Allen, because, like, if it's going to be the exact same setup and then you got to shoot the three at the end, I can see Allen struggling with that. Coach Natty T. I know, right? I know. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's tough because in this competition, the like the big men has actually won the competition the last what three years, mm-hmm. and Team Antetokounmpo has the big guys. But I just can't like that. His last name and skill just doesn't mix for me. <laughs> so I'm going rooks. I'm going rooks. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, I, I understand he's, you know, MVP, finals, I, I get it, but, but I, I can't but, use the word skill and him in the same sentence. I can't. Well, like, even, like, but Giannis gives them their best chance of winning, but it's the other two brothers where I'm just like, well, I mean, what what can y'all do? Yeah. <laughs> like, we just don't know. We don't, yeah. don't know what Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, and Kate Cunningham could do. Exactly. So it's just like, all right. Like this would be, you know, his other two brothers, their their first real shine, where it's just like, all right, all eyes are on you. So, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm teetering back and forth myself between Team Cavs and Team Rooks. Um, I'll go ahead. I'm gonna roll with y'all with the Team Rooks. Um, I just feel like overall they're more skilled players. Now that doesn't mean that they'll, they'll necessarily translate to this competition, but I think it gives them the best shot that it's hard for me to pinpoint a weakness in that team when I can yeah. pick a weakness out of the other team. So I'm just going to go with that. Um, but it would be kind of cool if Team Cavs were in front of the home crowd. It, that would be dope. I'd be happy with that one. All right, so that was the Taco Bell skills competition. Next, the Mountain Dew three-point contest, which is – one of my favorites to watch, um, especially over the last few years. I think it's been better than the like deep. contest. Yeah, yeah, deep competition, though. Deep. So, like, let's just, let's just show how deep this competition is. You have CJ McCollum, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Desmond Bain, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Vliet, Luke Kennard, and Patty Mills. So, I struggled with this one. So, I'm going to take some more time to think about this. Anyone else that have made up their minds about who's going to win this one? I took CJ McCollum. He's a uh, like it. It was tough, but also I'm just like 
I feel like with with this group that they have, there's no like glaring person where like that's the guy you would assume it would be Trey Young. But I I I just got a feeling that it's going to be CJ McCollum. I did bet on CJ McCollum making it out the first round too, so we'll see. There's who you got. You gonna root for Zach Levine, Coach K? Mm, I'm gonna go with the local barber, Fred VanVleet. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good choice, Fred VanVleet. Yeah, Coach Pace. I'm going Desmond Bain. I don't know. Mm, why. Okay, I don't know. Why. I'm just going with Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, Coach Natty T. You know, I think I'm going to go Car Anthony Towns. What? Get out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to mute your mic. Car Anthony yeah. Towns. You think he got it in him? You oh, just stand. He's the, only, I mean, he's the only center in the competition. And, like, to, to your point earlier, like, all of these guys aren't – maybe Patty Mills is the only, like, Special shooter. Mm. Everybody else are streaky shooters, including Carl Anthony Town. So cat ain't about to do nothing. He about to have <laughs> nah. first round. Uh, we'll nah. see. I'm sorry, bro. Like, you know, he, he's so nice, but nah. I'm gonna go with the dark horse. Well, I think it's dark. I'm gonna go with Luke Kennard. And I say that because he's been playing very, very good basketball lately so he's in a rhythm and i think that will carry over into this contest patty mills has been struggling hit shot Fred van lee's been you know cat's been up and down bain's been pretty good zach levine's been out um you know ice tray you know he he he'll probably make it to like the the, the top three at least and then cj cj's been balling too well uh, so i think those are going to be your three cj trey and luke those are i'm going to say are going to be the three but I'm gonna pick Luke actually to win this one. Look, Luke is actually the betting favorite. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because I think because when you look at the list, I mean, I think your head says Trey Young, but he's just yeah. he's, he's he's really not that great of a three point shooter. He's very streaky. Mm-hmm. Huge. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I can't wait though. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this used to be my favorite competition <laughs> until they stopped putting the, the best actual like players that can dunk into the competition. But um, the AT&T Slam Dunk competition has Cole Anthony from Orlando, Juan Toscano Anderson from Golden State, Obi Toppin from the Knicks, and Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets. I'm going Jalen Green on this one. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. So, all right. I bet on him, man. Got you. Got you. Coach K, who you got? Jalen Green. Yeah. Um, I, I like dude. Yeah. I'm a little biased. I, I like him as a player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Coach Pace. Cole Anthony. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I just think he can like everybody's underestimating Cole Anthony. And Cole Anthony has bounce. Like this is not out of the ordinary. I mean, if y'all go look at his, I mean, you don't lose bounce as you get up, though. 
you do. But he's his, what, 20, 20, 21? Yeah. I mean, if y'all go back and look at his high school highlights, my man has bounced. Now, I don't know what his creativity like, but, I mean, the only other person I can see beating him right now is Toppin. Probably Toppin. It'll be Toppin. Um, Probably the only other person I see beating him. Yeah. Topping is dope too. I do like Topping. Coach Natty T. Um, I guess just to bring some variety, I'll go with um one uh Descano Anderson, mm. the Warriors, just as a dark horse. Cause I I mean the few games I've I've seen him, you know, do some dunks look pretty good. And I think height matters in this competition because if you're too tall, like sometimes like you're dope. Like your dunk could look dope or look good, but it's like because you're so tall, it doesn't like give you that wow factor. And he's like, you know, six five, six six. And I feel like that's just like the perfect like dunk contest height. So yeah, that's why I'm going with him. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad. At that. And I like because I my initial thought was Jalen Green because he has bounce, but mm-hmm. I just haven't seen the creativity from him because like, I know he has bounce, so, but. You know, you, you need a little. That's fair. At least a little flair to add on to it. So, yeah, he's just saving it for the competition. That's all. Hey, I mean, I so. he he could be yeah. that, that could yeah. be the case, but you know, I mm-hmm. what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody really cares at the end. Of the day. Yeah, I no, we don't. Unless unless don't. one of them does something that I've never seen before, I'm not really going to care that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll just pick, I'll pick him. I think I, I think I stopped caring like once I realized LeBron. Well, actually, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I stopped caring after D Wade effed it up for everybody. <laughs> That's when I stopped caring. <laughs> no, I stopped caring. Blame D Wade. Aaron Gordon got robbed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was Aaron Gordon's. Championship for real. That was yeah. He should because he yep. should have been. He should have been. I think Coach Wakeup said this at, at some point. Like he should have been, you know, this generation's Vince Carter because that should have like took him, boy, you know, that... to, a, to to a different height, man. Those dunks are crazy, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now he's just like, forget it. I ain't messing with y'all no more. I, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't either. Like why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just a dude that made another mixtape. and started uncle drew that was his next thing yeah Yeah. all right so the actual game on sunday so we got team lebron and team durant though team though kevin durant won't be playing but we have team lebron of course lebron Giannis, steph demar Derozan, who isn't an MVP candidate. I don't know why people keep sleeping on him. I don't know why people keep talking about you know, he was 16 out of 24 the other night with 40 points, like and no three pointers. He's yeah, he's he broke um he Chamber- broke Will Chamberlain's streak too. Yes, yes. Like, man, hey, I'm I'm just happy to see uh I'm just happy to see the Bulls in the running, man. Yeah, despite all the injuries. Yeah, yeah, all middies. Yep. So okay, so it's Demar, uh, the Joker, Luca, Darius Garland, CP3, Jimmy Buckets, Donovan Mitchell, Fred Van Vliet, and James Harden. So that's Team LeBron. 
and then Team Durant, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Andrew Wiggins, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, Chris Middleton, LaMelo Ball, and Rudy Gobert, our favorite player. So uh, (laughs) who David Robinson tonight just compared himself to. And I was like, don't disrespect yourself like that, David Robinson. You are a Hall of Famer. Don't disrespect yourself like that. Okay. uh, Harden was replaced by Jared Allen. Jared Allen, yes, yes. So um, who y'all got? Team LeBron, Team Durant. Team Brown undefeated. Brown. Team LeBron. I think Rudy Gobert for anything. I, I, I can't. I can't pick Rudy Gobert, man. Any team with Rudy Gobert, nah, that's a, nah, that's a L. But I, and honestly, it's not fair. Whoever gets first, but it's just whoever gets Giannis. When Giannis is not captain, <clears> you win. And plus, it's in Brown City. So, and you got Darius Garland and Jared Allen on your team. There, there's no way they're about to lose in Cleveland. Yep. Yep. And we all forget about death. Death. Yeah. And there's death. I yeah. bet I bet on um, LeBron being uh, the MVP, though. So mm. we'll that, that makes sense. You, you think he's going to play a lot? Because with his oh. knee, and you think he is? I think he will because it's, he doesn't play till Friday. And then it's not like, I mean, to be honest, it's like an open pickup rec game. Like, it's not like they're going to be playing hard. So they'll make it easy for him. You know, they typically try to help the, uh, you know, the hometown here or whoever plays. Like, if it's in their city, they try to make sure they win. And since he got Giannis on his team, I'm pretty sure Giannis will, like, dumb it down just a little bit and not take over the game like he typically does, just so Bron can get that. That's it. That's it. That could happen. I could see that happening though. For him. Yeah, I got Team LeBron too. I right, yeah, but I mean, KD is already showing us he's not good at putting together teams. So, I mean, and plus he plus he hasn't been able to play in them either, which sucks. Yeah, like, the last two years he because he was injured. I feel like it would be different if he actually played because you're replacing him with somebody that shouldn't really be there. Right. No. Nah. I agree. I agree with that. I think KD plays, it does change the landscape of the game because KD can give you 50 at any moment, you know, 40. Absolutely. Um, but yes. All right. So we're on Team LeBron. Now, we talked about Harden being out. He's, he's uh, <laughs> going to wait till after the All-Star break to start playing for the Sixers. This is just a lot of drama. You know, there, there's, there's KD drama. We all saw when he was picking at the All-Star teams. Definitely wasn't going to pick up hard. So we see beef there, the falling out there. You know, you know, you have Ben Simmons on, on one side and beefing with, you know, Joel Embiid and stuff like that. So word on the street is that he did have a good conversation with Doc Rivers uh, and Daryl Morey before he left, but did not talk to Joel Embiid at all. So that is what the report was, that he wasn't even going to try to patch that up. He just bounced. So, I what do y'all make? And we'll start with with uh, with Coach Murph. What do you make of this Harden drama and all this stuff going on, man? Harden is goofy, man. He he's just one of those people. Like, how how can I put this in terms that everyone can understand? They're like that that ex that does everything wrong but doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> So like you, you 
they say that there was offensive differences between him and Katie. So he says, like, you know, the 76 was his first choice coming out of Houston. But, I mean, just to get out of Houston, he had to go to the Nets first because they weren't trying to move Ben Simmons yet. Or, well, that, at the time, they, you know, wanted a crazy package for Ben Simmons. Uh, then they say that there was offensive differences between him and KD. Mind you, back in Houston, when he went on his, you know, run of averaging like 35 points a game and Kobe was like, you know, you're not going to win a championship like that. And Harden was like, you know, I understand that, but that's just what I have to do right now, which makes sense. Now you're with the Nets and, you know, KD coming from playing with Westbrook, playing with Golden State Warriors, and he's getting there like, hey, we have to move the ball. And then Harden's like, oh, no, I think it's best, you know, if I have it in my hands, so on and so forth, take control. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to do – you have a ball handler in Kyrie and you got an efficient score and the best player in the team in me. You just want to win – then, I I mean, I told a, um, you in the group chat, I was like, literally James Harden is the basketball version of Aaron Rodgers. He wants to win, but he wants to win his way. Whereas KD is kind of viewed as Tom Brady, where it's just like, what do I need to do to win? You put me in, I'm going to find a way to win. So then you get – shit to the Sixers like you wanted and you say you're going to opt in but you turn in your papers late I feel like that's just kind of like you having one foot in one foot out so basically oh this doesn't work out I can test free agency like do you really want to be there or you do like he's just like an attention seeker and then they say he also I mean came in out of shape over there too but, like, I feel like that's his M.O. is just like, oh, if I go somewhere, or I got to get out of shape just to get somewhere else. So, I mean, he's just he's just immature. Like, as much as, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, I can't believe how LeBron was able to deal with Kyrie. I'm starting to think more and more of, like, what was OKC really like when Katie Harden and Russ was there? Like, of course, I'm pretty sure Harden wasn't, as bad because he just understood his role and he was just you know a six man so on and so forth but I know people are just like oh what could, what have they could have been if they stayed together and grow it would have been a mess it would have been a mess and it's Harden and Russ are like the two biggest babies in the NBA outside of <laughs> outside of Ben Simmons because he's a ch- child himself but like I'm just sick of them. <laughs> yeah. Moral of the story I, is. Yeah, I'm just sick of them, especially <laughs> like you over here try to carry like you got so much clout because you did regular season stuff, but your your buns in the playoffs. Yeah. And then plus Houston did everything they could for you to help you win. Hey, I want this guy. It doesn't work. I want him out of here. Uh, I want him out of here. Oh, let's get this guy. It doesn't work. I want him out of here. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, and then you want to up and leave like, oh, I don't think they're, you know, handling me right and I don't like how they did this I'm like half the stuff or like 90% of the stuff that was done there was because of you Mm -hmm. but you want to sit there and play victim so I mean like I said this is exactly why I believe the Nets won the trade because Ben Simmons is not going to be viewed in uh, with the Nets like he would be with the Sixers especially with the other pieces that they got around him and I honestly don't see Harden being with the Sixers long because I mean everybody knows that Embiid when he has a problem he's going to talk about it 
and Harden's going to get in his feelings. He can, uh, he'll be in free agency next year. And if that happens, like during this season, he, he's not going to come back. That's a, that's a good take. Coach Pace, what are you thinking? Um, in general, man, I, I, it's just a headache. That's really what I'm getting from the gist of all this. It's like a headache. I mean, like Coach Murph said, there's nothing really else you can do. It's kind of like – I feel like just Daryl Murray is throwing him a lifeline, honestly, at this point. Because, I mean, in general, like, who really is trading all that for James Harden? I wouldn't. I mean, it looked like a good trade to Daryl Murray, but, I mean, for most people, I'm not trading all that, especially the first-round picks. So, you know, I feel like at this point, it's kind of just like Daryl Murray kind of throwing him a lifeline. And on top of that, forget James Harden for a quick second. I know y'all all play video games or mm-hmm. us do. Hey, did y'all see that uh, rating? Russ is officially a 79 on 2K. It is <laughs> bottom at this point. Yeah. I didn't see that. Oh my god. No. Yeah. That's, that's sad, man. That's so bad. He started off at 86, they said. Dang. Now he's a 79. He low-key should be seven low-key. points but by the all-star break. Oh my gosh. Man, man. All right, Coach Night I know you got some inside information on this. What's going on, man? No, well, no, no inside information. Um, I would first like to report that uh Corey and Jason, the idiots from last week, they paid up Saturday morning. So <laughs> I am paid in full. Uh I plan on buying some sneakers with my new found wealth. And I will be sending pictures to them daily to and thanking them for, you know, my new purchases soon. I'm just trying to decide, you know, what I want to get with my newfound wealth. So I just want to report that first. Um, and secondly, I want to say, I told you so. And I said this in our group chat. I want to thank, you know, Kyrie for being Kyrie. Because without him being him, none of this would be possible. Uh, this like I want to thank KD for having uh, <laughs> lack of leadership skills, you know, because admittedly, so he said he doesn't want to be a leader. He just wants to hoop. And that's great. That's fine. Just hoop, KD. Just hoop. No leadership. That's fine. And then, you know, last but not least, I do want to thank James Harden for his love of strip clubs and just being a quitter. You know, his... uh he must have an investment in some sort of like fat suit company because I saw him practicing with Philly and he looks skinny again. I'm like, how do you drop weight that quick? I don't know. Don't Coach it. K mentioned the, the Sean T video. He need to put out his own workout video because I don't understand how you drop weight that quick. Probably, yeah, probably Photoshop. Really, yeah. <laughs> My man had a gut on the nets. And then I see him practicing step backs at the Philly facility and my man is like slim like what drugs <laughs> so um you know i just had to get that out of the way um you know after the infamous rant last week but again for me
All these dudes need therapy, man. All of them. Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, James Harden, and Joel Embiid. Because I, I just don't understand how y'all grown men have no like conflict resolution skills at all. None. Like none. Zero. Zero. Man, I also blame the, oh sorry. I'll hold off. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Listen, I have a 10-year-old and an eight-year-old niece, and they handle conflict better than these grown men do. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the moral of the story. Cause we can go back and forth on who won the trade, but to me, neither one of them or neither, neither team's gonna go anywhere because it's I think it's too much of a disruption or you know when you add a guy like James Harden to your team with they have what 24 games left that's a lot to figure out on the fly in the playoffs same thing with the Nets obviously we have this whole vaccine mandate will Kyrie play won't he play I don't know Ben Simmons I mean according to the reports and according to his camp He's so mentally, like, has PTSD from what happened in Philly that he needs, like, serious, serious help. A change of scenery, will that help? Probably. But I don't see you fixing the problem just because you moved 150 miles east of I-95. Because you're still going to have to be in the playoffs making big plays. So I don't know how you go from that to that to win the championship this season. So ultimately, I think all of them lost in the end because I I don't see either team really going anywhere because there's no real established, like, culture. There's no continuity. I just don't see it. So that's my overall point on the whole Harden thing because to me, it's not just about Harden. It's just a reflection of the whole situation. And it's just bad all the way around. I think Ben is selling that mental health story. Like, now he got where he want to be. He's like, all right, let me milk it for another two weeks. And then, like, oh, I'm back. Because you, you should have saw the excitement in his face when they asked him about him playing the Sixers March 10th. And he was like, oh, yeah, I hope I'm ready. Like, you're ready. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're ready. You just didn't. You're already out. Like, be like James Harden. Hey, I'm fat. Oh, I'm where I want to be. I'm not. It's the same way with your mental health. Like, you're... You've been lying. In my eyes, you've been lying about this just to get out. So, And that may be true. But to me, either way, it's still a lose-lose. You still got a guy capable of lying for a whole season. (laughs) (laughs) That's no different than what you just traded, what you just got rid of, right? You just did it in a different way. So, Hamstring tightness. That's all I got. All around. Because watch if 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 Kyrie and Ben don't get along, watch 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 the fireworks. Watch the Here's fireworks. The thing. Do they will they even have enough time to get along? <laughs> no, no. And that's because like if he's if Ben's frustrated, <laughs> like this dude needs to be on the court, and the Nets lose, and he's like, well, I can't win here. Then he's going to sit out some more, and he said, oh, I'm going to need some more mental health. You know, I got to go back and talk to my cousin. That's exactly what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's just, it's because just, they didn't really solve yeah. much of the problem. Because the problem, there's a huge problem with all three of those guys that were there. But I'm going to let Coach K, I know you had a thought, Coach K. Um, 
Go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought, and then I'll I'll, I'll bring us home. Man, I'm just disappointed all the way around, mostly with the Brooklyn Nets, because I wanted uh, KD and um, LeBron finals matchup, but that's never going to happen. Um, it's, I don't know, like, for me, I guess, like, the whole drama thing is really just kind of, this is actually brought, part of the reason why I watch as little NBA as I do right now. Um, just because you never want to get the matchups that you actually want to see. So we're going to get round two of uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix, uh, which I don't really care who wins. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, like, you know, and Harden's already practicing step backs in the gym, already lets me know that it's not going to work in Philly. Because, uh, I mean, Embiid has just gone off you know, this year. And I, I don't, I don't see that working with Harden. So um, as far as Simmons goes, I mean, I guess uh, I hope he's doing, men- doing well mentally, but I honestly, in, I mean, he, unless he's like actually been working on his jumper, then, I mean, it's pretty much a wash anyways. Like I don't, Just, just, yeah, just disappointed. And like, as as good as a coach as Doc Rivers is, he can't even get you out the. He can't even get you out the out of a weak East Eastern Conference. So, let alone like, I don't, I don't really see him. I don't, I don't, I don't really think he has anything for this team. So. Time will tell. It'll be interesting. The, you know, the drama is going to yeah. continue. Just to just to give some people that aren't as familiar with this situation a little bit of context. And so there was an interesting article about that the New York Post did, and it kind of talked about some of the things that transpired that led to this trade in the first place. Uh, and so apparently, Kevin Durant had issues with Harden's effort, uh, his level of effort, his conditioning, and his accountability, and his attitude. And so then Harden's like, well, I'm frustrated because I don't like the way that our team's playing as far as the style because James Harden's more as an ISO player. And so it wasn't fitting well with what the Nets were trying to do as a whole. And then, of course, Kyrie's refusal to get vaccinated was part of it. Um, So, you know, he talked about all, you know, this hamstring issue that's going on. Um, And he showed up late for their game against the Celtics. Uh, but according to the report, had another, you know, night of clubbing at that same time. So you show up late to work and you out clubbing. So, yeah. So he had no plans to really invest himself anymore in the nets. And that's kind of when they were like, um, you know, it's what's done is done. And so a lot of stuff transpired from that, but they really called it a cold war between um, Harden and, and KD. And I'll say this about Harden. And I haven't, I haven't heard anyone say this, um, but I think what's happening with him is Coach Murph, you mentioned his time at OKC. I think because of what happened at OKC is partially why Harden is the way he is. And I say that because I watched, I think it was the E60 episode or something they did on James Harden. And James is sitting on his couch. And they ask him about his time in OKC and that trade. 
and he started to tear up in the interview. Now he has been years, years removed from that point, but he wanted to be there. And he felt that the organization was not loyal to him for him to stay there. And they got rid of him. So I look at it in terms like you ever, you know, you've been with somebody that you just love and all of a sudden they're not loyal to you. They break your heart. What happens in those following relationships? You trade them to the Colts. You trade them to the Colts. (laughs) So like you, you start to like, maybe like, all right, I'm gonna hurt you before you hurt me type thing. Or this isn't what I wanted because the person that I wanted was back here and they hurt me. Right. I think that's what James Harden is going through right now. Yes. That's, that's just my hypothesis. So he's just acting out. He's just acting out. I see coach Pace has put his Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl cap on. It's a good way to end the episode. Yeah. Good way to end the episode. You got to represent. All right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you the last word coach Pace. We won. Bengals fans should have, would have, could have. You lost. <laughs> and that's it. And that concludes our episode of the Coach's Box. Looking forward to hanging out with you next week. We'll, we'll, we'll cover some of the all-star stuff, but also we're going to focus a lot on NBA. We're just going to focus on the NBA in general and kind of talk about some MVPs and, and uh, kind of our projections for the playoffs. So thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box. On behalf of all the coaches here, have a blessed and safe weekend. Peace, y'all.